Today, starting this uh, group of uh, sermons, I want to talk about wise men, um, the magi. Wise men still search. That's the title of the message today. And we want to start by just knowing the background of the magi or the wise men from Babylon. This goes back to the time of Daniel, who was taken captive to Babylon and ultimately got put in charge of all of the wise men in the Babylonian Empire. So all during Daniel's life and beyond his life, his writings and teachings were studied by the wise men in Babylon. And they had come to be known as perhaps the wisest men around anywhere whatsoever. They carried special knowledge. They were um, well-versed in sciences, in astronomy, in medicine, uh, in things of that uh, nature. And so if one went bad, you might wind up with somebody like Simon the sorcerer. But for the most part, the Magi were a respected priestly class that came out of Babylon, and they show up in the Christmas narrative. And so we want to look at that narrative, and we'll begin in Matthew chapter 2, starting right there at the beginning, the first 12 verses. A long reading, but a familiar story, so an easy one. Verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. So the first thing we are going to take note of is this, that no one in Jerusalem knows Christ has been born. But wise men from Babylon know that he has come. The first ones to know that Messiah has been sent are the wise men from Babylon. And since Babylon is so far away from Jerusalem, it isn't like they found out yesterday. It has been a long, long caravan from Babylon over to Jerusalem and ultimately to Bethlehem. And so we see there in verse 2 that they do this because they know the king has been born because they saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. Verse 3, when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. So there's no knowledge that Messiah has arrived until the wise men show up. Verse 4, And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. All right, so now the, the birth of a Messiah is literally being announced by these magi or wise men out of Babylon. And Herod is asking, well, if this is the time, what's the place? And the prophet uh, Micah has uh, defined that it's going to be Bethlehem. So 
verse 7. <clears throat> then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. That's very significant. Uh, they have not figured this out yesterday. It wasn't even last week. A caravan from Babylon to Jerusalem would take an incredibly long time. Traveling was very slow, and it's a long distance. In any event, so he wants to know, when did this star appear? Verse 8, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the young child. Keep in mind that we are now talking about a young child, not a babe in a manger, not a babe in swaddling clothes, but a young child. The Greek language has five different words for a child. The first one refers to a newborn or a nursing infant. This is not that term. The second of those five terms refers to one who does not yet have a full voice or language capacity, but is not nursing anymore. So that would be a young child. That would be what we refer to as a toddler. Hello? And so I want to begin to pick on the Christmas cards that we send and, and receive, you know, with the picture of the three wise men, you know, standing next to, um, you know, the baby Jesus and whatever. The wise men were not present when Jesus was a baby. All right? First clue is uh, he's a young child, verse 8. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. And when they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. This word, this Greek word for young child is not a babe in swaddling clothes, not a babe in a manger, but a toddler, a two-year-old. Verse 10, and when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, not into the cave, not into the stable, but into the house. Hello, somebody. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child. They saw the toddler with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Verse 12, then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. So the actual picture is that the star appears when Christ is born. The wise men in Babylon see the star and begin to plan a journey. Ultimately, they journey by caravan. And I'm saying by caravan because nobody traveled alone in those days. There were marauding bandits everywhere. It was dangerous to travel. And so you went by caravan. So it wouldn't have been we three kings of Orient are bearing gifts. We come from afar. It isn't that. It isn't what the 
the Christmas um, image that appears on so many cards, Christmas cards and what have you. Notice that we do not have the wise men on the platform because they really weren't there. Hello? Amen. I imagine the shepherds were there, but the wise men were not there. Amen. So I'm sorry to wreck your nativity scene, but what does the word say? Not what does, what does the Christmas industry say? What does the word say? Amen? All right, and so these men are not reliant on occult practices. They're not reliant on weird magic. They are reliant on the word of God. Daniel instructed the wise men in Babylon of old. It was required of every wise man that they studied the works and writings of Daniel. So Daniel had brought them the Tanakh, the uh, uh, sacred scriptures. And in the three parts, you have Torah, uh, the law, you have Keturim, the writings, and you have Nevi'im, uh, the prophets. So Daniel had given instruction in all of these things. And this is how ultimately the wise men know when the star appears. And we're going to look into that. Before we do, just one quick uh, side comment, and that is this, that God knows that Mary and Joseph will now need, since the wise men have come, the, the Herod is now upset, and all Jerusalem with him. This holy family is going to have to sojourn in Egypt. And the wise men just arrived with all the finances necessary to make that sojourn possible. God knows your needs before you do. Amen. Amen. You understand what I just said, don't you? Hello? How many know that God built the garden before he built Adam? All your answers are already done. Just trust God to show them to you. Hallelujah. Anyway, so we three kings of Orion are is, is not three. It would have been a caravan. It would have been a significant number of them. Uh, and they went into a house, not into a stable. They visited a young child, not a babe, in swaddling clothes. Verse 7, And Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. Why is that so important? Because it took the wise men a long time to start from the revelation and get to Jerusalem at this season. And so he asks them, when did you first know that the Messiah has been born? And they told him it was all about the star that had led them to where they now were. That comes from Numbers chapter 24, verse 17, something Daniel would have instructed them in. It reads, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob. A scepter shall rise out of Israel and batter the brow of Moab and destroy 
all the sons of tumult. That is to say, there is a pointing to the coming of Messiah. A scepter, a government is going to come up out of Judea to rule the nations. It will rise out of Israel and batter the brow of Moab, etc. And by the way, you know that Herod is going to send out a death uh, sentence on all boys two years old and younger. So this star appears to the wise men. They take time to plan. They put together their gifts and all the other stuff. They build their caravan. They come over. They wind up. And Herod wants to know, how long have you been planning and executing this plan that you're here now? And they're telling him from two years ago. So Herod makes the decree that all boys aged two and less are to be killed because hell hates hates the Christ. Amen? Amen. By the way, Herod, who makes that decree to kill the babies, was a descendant of Esau. He was not Jewish. He was not from Judea. Somebody help me here. Herod was appointed by Rome. He was not the legitimate ruler of Israel. Joseph, the father of Jesus, was actually the legitimate ruler of Israel. His bloodline made him the next godly king. Amen. All right. So, uh, Daniel is over the wise men in Babylon, and all wise men must study all of his writings. From his writings, they would have known the timetable for the coming of Messiah. So there's going to be a star, this they know, and they also from Daniel would have known the timing. So let's turn to his writings. That would be the book of Daniel, chapter 9, verse 24. Seventy weeks are determined for your people and your holy city. So, before I read further, basically is saying Jerusalem has 70 weeks. The uh, Hebrew term here is heptad, and heptad does not literally mean a, a week like we have from Sunday uh, to Saturday. Uh, uh, heptad actually means seven. And so, Daniel says 77s are determined for the Jewish people, and for the city of Jerusalem. So 70 times 7 would be 490, and we come to learn there is 490 years assigned to the Jewish people, for your people and for your holy city. That would be the city of Jerusalem. To finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness to seal up vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. A very clear statement, 490 years after Daniel gets this revelation, it's all about the revelation of Messiah, the coming 
of Messiah. So there's a total of 490 years appointed as what we refer to as Jewish time for your people and your holy city. 490 years. Now we keep reading verse 25. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks, seven heptads, seven sevens, 49, and 62 sevens, together 483 years. So everything's 490 years, but until the coming of Messiah, there will be 483 years. Are you with me? From a specific moment in time, from the decree that the temple, the city of Jerusalem, should be rebuilt. And of course, you've read Ezra, Nehemiah, etc., the rebuilding as the Jews come out of Babylon. Somebody help me here. Amen. All right. So there's going to be 490 years for the Jewish people and Jerusalem. There will be 483 years. <laughs> Seven weeks and 62 weeks, uh, I'm reading here in verse 25. To restore and build until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks. 483 years later, Messiah will come. This is how the wise men know the timing of the birth of Jesus. This is how they know. They know there's going to be a star as a sign. But when? 483 years after the command to rebuild uh, Jerusalem, etc. That's when Messiah will come. <clears throat> it says, the street shall be built again in the wall, even in troublesome times. And after the 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince who is to come... This is the actual, actual uh, foretelling of the rise of Rome, the prince who is to come. Uh, the people of the prince who is to come, Ro Rome, shall destroy the city, Jerusalem, and the sanctuary, tear down the temple. The end of it shall be with a flood until the end of the war. Desolations are determined. Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week, one heptad, one seven. That would be 483 years until Messiah. And then beyond that, we're talking about the last seven years of Jewish time. So 483 plus seven will be 490. 490 is the total, a lot, total amount of time on the Jewish clock. But mysteriously, there's a church coming, and the Jewish clock is interrupted after 483 years. Messiah comes, and the church is born. This is a mystery to the Old Testament prophets. It is not spoken of in the Old Testament. It is inferred in a couple of places, or at least with hindsight, we can see it, but it is not understood that the church will be born. So Messiah will be cut off, and he was. That launches the church age into the Jewish clock. So there's 490 years allotted 
to the Jewish people and the city of Jerusalem. 483 passed when Jesus came. There are seven years left on the Jewish clock. They don't start until the fullness of the Gentiles comes in. The, Gentile, the age of Gentiles, which is this, will close. The age of the church, the age of grace, will close. And the Jewish clock still has seven years to run. That would be 490 years, everything that God has allotted to the city of Jerusalem. All right. So the end of it shall be with a flood. The end of desolations are determined to 27. Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week, one heptad. That would be the last seven years. And in the middle of the week or the heptad, the seven-year period, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. So if you're familiar with the end times, you know that the last seven years of Jewish time is going to be referred to as the Great Tribulation. And Antichrist in the Great Tribulation will do this exact thing. He will make a covenant with many for one week and in the middle of it, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. That's when he goes into the temple and declares himself God. Hello? And on the wing of abomination shall be the one who makes desolate, even until the consummation which is determined is poured out on the desolate. So, essentially, we are waiting for the end of the age of grace, the end of the Gentile age. When this comes, the last of the Gentiles comes in, boom. There are seven more years determined for Jerusalem and for the Jewish people, and they are described through much of Scripture. Uh, we're not here to study that tonight, only to understand the wise men. Amen? Amen. So, essentially, what I'm trying to show you is the wise men knew the time of Messiah's arrival. Amen? They knew the place of Messiah's arrival because of Micah 5.2. Herod didn't know. He had to ask his priests. The wise men knew Micah 5.2, but you, Bethlehem Ephrata, there were two Bethlehems, there was little Bethlehem, that's this one. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, uh, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from old, from everlasting. So the wise men knew the time and the location. So they come to Jerusalem and they want to know where is the Messiah? They know he's there. Just where exactly is he? And they have to follow the star over uh, to, to his house where Jesus is now two years of age. Amen. So they knew the time. They knew the location. And recall what we read in verse 12 of Matthew 2, it says, being divinely warned <clears throat> in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. These are men who were true 
seekers after God. And Hebrews 11:6 tells us that without faith, it's impossible to please him. One must believe that God is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So we understand that these were diligently seeking him. Amen? Let's look. Who else was diligently seeking the Christ, diligently seeking the presence of God? Luke tells us, chapter 2, verse 25 and 26, Behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just, which means righteous, just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. Consolation can also be uh, um, translated as hope, and the, the consolation of Israel, the hope of Israel is Messiah. So here is Simeon waiting for Messiah, and the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. The wise men knew it was time for Messiah. Simeon knew it was time for Messiah. In truth, all Israel knew it was time for Messiah, which is why they were out on Palm Sunday shouting Hosanna as Jesus came down the hill on his donkey. Amen. So, he's waiting for the consolation of Israel. He is a seeker after God, and just like the wise men, he is rewarded with the presence of God's Christ. Amen. Jump to verse 36, down to 38. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And coming in that instant... <clears throat> Coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke to him, uh, spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Notice that everything God says must be established in the mouth of two or more witnesses. Anna and Simeon are God's two witnesses. They are there to attest as Joseph and Mary bring Jesus for his dedication. They are there to attest to the fact that this is the Messiah. The wise men sought him and found him. Anna sought him and found him. Simeon sought him and found him. God's word to Jeremiah is, you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. Amen? Amen. And so Herod's priests had knowledge, but they didn't have any heart for Messiah. The shepherds, God bless them, had a little bit of knowledge and a big heart. That's a whole lot better. But Anna and Simeon had big knowledge and big hearts. And so did the wise men. Amen? And uh, Simeon will put it like this. 
He says, I have my reward. He says in Luke 2.30, my eyes have seen your salvation, which is the name Yeshua, your Jesus. My eyes have seen your Jesus. My eyes have seen your salvation. You and I need to be diligent seekers. I got an amen on this side. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We must be diligent seekers. Anna was, Simeon was, the wise men were, and they all got their reward, which was coming into the presence of God's Christ. So I want to close with a bunch of things relative to our position, mine and yours, today, all through our lives, in fact. 1 Corinthians 1.7, eagerly awaiting, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians uh, 1, 9 and 10, you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. This is the position, this waiting on Christ. This is the position that makes us confident. 1 John uh, 2.28, now little children abide in him that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Amen. There were 10 virgins that were waiting for his coming, but only five were satisfied because they were wise virgins. They were waiting with expectation for their coming one. Amen. Titus 2 11 to 13, the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Again, God's promise through Jeremiah, you will Find me when you search for me with all your heart. Amen? Amen. Peter 3, verses 11 to 13. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat? Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Wise men still seek him. Amen. Let us be wise. Philippians 3.20, for our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the closing words of revelations, the closing words of, of, of the Bible, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. We are waiting, we are searching, we are seeking because wise men still do. Amen. Second Timothy 4, 8, finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all 
who have loved his appearing. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Wise men still seek him. And I close in Hebrews 9, 27 and 8. And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this the judgment, so Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many to those who eagerly wait for him. He will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. He is coming, church, for you apart from sin for the fullness of salvation.